All right. Well, hello, everybody. This is James S. Aaron. Welcome to Marathon Author, my podcast and weekly author diary where I share lessons learned and mistakes I've made so you can laugh along with me and then go forward and do great things um, with this info. So I'm excited to do the podcast today. It's Monday. It's early on Monday. So this is not quite the first thing I'm doing today, but it is just about the first thing. And when I look at what I want my routines to be on a weekly basis, this is what I want to happen on Monday. The first thing I want to happen is to get up early and write, but then I need to go ahead and take care of some stuff in the house, feed the kiddo, do all that kind of stuff. And then I want to get out to the office, take some notes about the week, think about last week and do this podcast. I have not been good at making that happen. So I appreciate you for listening because you're helping me carry forward. <laughs> because for me, I want this to set the tone for my whole week. And if I can make this happen, if I can do this on Monday, get up early every day, do the work I need to do, then I'm going to reach my goals this year, which is something that um, I want to talk about in this podcast. Um, my goal today is to talk about reassessing now that you have had a week of whatever it is you wanted to do starting in 2021. I don't typically put a lot of credence in the new year as a time to you know start new goals and things like that. I think if you're going to have a goal, you should start immediately, but make a process and a plan on how you're going to do it. But something about 2020 just led to, yeah, <laughs> I want 2021 to be different. I think we all acknowledge that it's probably not going to be terribly different, but it's good to have a line in the sand that it's time to look forward to something new. It's time to take everything we learned from last year. And yeah, there was a lot of really difficult things, difficult things that are not going to end, but we're in the phase where we have to accept this is how things are. And it's time to, if we're going to move forward, if we're going to reach goals that we may have had, it's time to start figuring out how to do that. And obviously you don't want to beat anybody up if you had big goals and they're not happening. Like, yeah, life gets in the way. Having kids at home is a whole lot more difficult than I think a lot of us <laughs> realized. And for me, having the, you know the toddler around all the time, I love her to death, but it's a it's a challenge. And I think a whole lot of people are reassessing like the value of having that in person um, constant care for their kids. <laughs> um, and you know, it's been a, le a big learning le year. So so anyway, what. I want that, but that's what I want to talk about this episode. First, I want to get into some wins from last week because I had some big wins that I've been banging my head against for a long time. I finished my part of Fire Upon the Worlds with MD Cooper, and I am pretty happy with it. It's, I think, obviously, Mal's going to read through and do her part and probably have some updates and changes and things like that. But something about this book, I, I don't know what happened exactly, but. You know, I, I finished uh, Spreading Fire, actually it was last year around September, I want to say, and I was hyped about the characters, but then got the opportunity to do Galactic Law with Jeff Cheney and was working on that book, and something about, I just, I just lost the thread on the characters in Fire Upon the Worlds, and I've been with these characters for a long time, so that didn't make a lot of sense to me, and, and whenever I would talk with Mal about you know, having some struggles with, with writing or finding where I wanted the story to go. Like, I think there were a couple different things there. Like as a co-authored project, this was doing a story. This was writing a story that was kind of fully hers. It was a story that had been in her mind 
for a long time as far as what these kind of two two major wars that happen in Aeon 14 where human in, in Aeon 14 SAI sentient AI are considered human but they are non inorganic you know non-organic so the wars between non-organic sentience and organic sentience take some time to to happen right and they're kind of on the scale of World War 1 and World War 2 so that's huge and it just took a lot of time for me to kind of wrap my brain around such an enormous story and i would i guess i would not recommend moving to a different project while you're in the middle of such another big project <laughs> so lesson learned there and that's actually something i'm struggling with this year finding the best way to do that and mal and i have talked about how we're going to outline going forward and she has not always liked outlining but i think she's changing her mind around that and we've we've actually decided that she's going to write a detailed summary of the rest of the two books and then i will take that and break it down to the scene and character level and then we'll bounce that back and forth so that i've got a really specific plan on what we want to do for the books going forward and then i can knock that out and one of the things we had tried to do before also was kind of leapfrogging with different parts of the book. And that didn't quite happen because, you know, Mal's head is in her own projects and she's like a freight train just barreling down the tracks where if there's just not always a lot of time to jump into something that isn't the immediate project on her mind and on her schedule. And I totally get that. So, so I'm just really happy to have, to have that done. <laughs> We're, it's already, Mal's just about done with her read, read through. It's going to, I just got a message from her. She's, it'll be going to the editor. And then we're looking at the 21st of this month uh, for the publication date. So we'll be getting that out the door. And already she's doing a 99 cent sale on the first two books in the series. So that's, that's exciting. So folks will be able to jump back into it. And I think I'd mentioned in the last episode that you know several people had emailed saying that they they reread so they'd be ready for the release of this one and so hopefully this will bring some new folks in or you know I mean nobody was like terribly angry they were just kind of disappointed and that's not a, a thing I like to do especially to readers so very excited to be done with that <laughs> and I as you know, Mal was working through it, I kind of immediately turned to Galaxy Sword, which is the project I've been working on for Variant Publications, and that one also has just kind of stagnated for me, and I, a switch kind of flipped in my mind. It was sort of with the character's voice. I This book had sort of a different voice than anything else I'd worked on, which is almost a kind of a fantasy voice, and I think I'm going to need to really adjust it because it's a science fiction novel in a science fiction world. And even though the, the place these folks come from is a monarchy with kind of remnants of the Roman empire in their culture and things like that. And the way the character approaches the world, I think could be that sort of high fantasy mindset. I'm probably going to need to do another editing pass to make sure I'm getting all the details to point the reader at the fact that this is science fiction, because even though they're they're doing things that are obviously science fiction, there are spaceships and there is like biological advances and, and things of that nature. Like it's it's kind of a super science type story where I wanted to do something that was just really out there. Like, you know, they're it's two sister worlds. You've got Irinus and Karak, and Irinus is kind of the the highly developed, very tightly controlled monarchy 
um, of a world. And then they have used Karak as their sort of backyard. And it's also kind of a black market for the rest of the empire that they are in. And so the, the ruler of, of Irenus has had the goal of bringing Karak under control and they've been in a, a war to do this for a long period of time. And so they come across all these just sick, you know, human atrocity kind of technologies on Karak. And one of the kind of overarching parts of this story will be that they were pretty naive about the idea that they could shut down a black market, especially when it served a really valuable purpose for the rest of the empire to have a place like this, you know, so it's kind of an analog to, you know, how other countries, you know, operate, um, in the world. So, but in doing that, you know, trying to go down this road of, um, what in the seventies, I guess, cause I loved these kind of stories when I was a kid. Like for me, I, I really started as a fantasy reader and then I didn't like science fiction. And so science fantasy was kind of a bridge for me to, to science fiction. But I notice now a lot of readers, like they just, they want what they want. And if you're going to do something that's kind of cross genre, you got to be really careful about how you're doing it. So there are still plenty of other things that the variant audience likes. It's a first person book. The main character is not quite middle-aged, but a person who is, you know, a powerful character in certain ways. They're not underpowered. There's not this kind of growth arc for them. There's more of a kind of a decline arc where they were powerful. They've been a little bit in decline or they're really tired from fighting this war all the time. And then terrible things happen to them. So they'll come back into their power as the story continues. So that was kind of another flip switch that flipped for me. And the story was like, yeah, I want to jump right back into this story and start doing it. Like I sort of heard the character again and that's been exciting. So I've written another 14,000 words. Um, or no, I guess I've written about 10,000 words on, um, galaxy sword. And I realize the galaxy sword is kind of a generic name. I am not quite sure where I'm going to land with that, but that's what I'm calling it now. It's better than Conan Conan in space. So We'll, uh, we'll see, but I do something I've been thinking about is the benefits of letting a project kind of sit for a little bit, like finish. I would really prefer to have finished both of these manuscripts and been able to let them sit and come back to them. That is obviously a better thing to do, but (laughs) it was just, I was banging my head against the wall trying to get words out and they weren't coming and then give them some time to, you know, kind of roast a little bit in my brain and I come back and can do more words, the stories start coming again. So I don't know. I'm still figuring out the best way around that. Like, obviously if you got to, if you got to produce words on a schedule to pay the bills, that's not how you can operate all the time. So we'll see how that keeps going. Um, getting up early has been a really great win for the past week. And that all started, you know, I have to thank Tori element and his, um, bite size fitness for motivating me to get up. But what I discovered is like, I'm just too dang tired to work out in the morning. <laughs> But I did find that when I got up, I could use that time to write, and that was really effective. So it's it's the point where I'm just looking forward to getting up early so that I can I can write in the morning and have some quiet time, and that's been really satisfying. What I have learned, and this is the thing I'll talk about a bit with helping to nail down your habits, is that if I don't do the things I need to do to get up early, like 
essentially go to bed by 10 30 or 11 i'm not getting up at five and i'm still kind of shorting myself you know i should be getting eight hours of sleep a night but that's just impossible we can't, we can't really get our daughter to bed until nine and then my wife and i would like to have a little bit of time together so you're looking at 10 o'clock and that's already seven hours until five you know and people have to brush their teeth and do things that people like to do um before going to bed <laughs> so so yeah i'm working on that um what else? Had a really good coaching call with Valerie and it it really helps me to be able to talk to someone else about my various goals and sort of untangle them. When you have a person listing out like, okay, you want to do this and you want to do this and then how are you going to do that? When are you going to do that? When are you going to make that happen? And then let's also realistically talk about these other things that you have to do in your life like take care of the kid, make food, pay bills, all that kind of stuff. And so it's really helpful to have a sounding board. And right now we're only meeting every two weeks, but I think that works. It also reminds me of just how fast time goes, but it's, it makes that a good, like we've got a good solid amount of things to talk about, um, in an hour. So I'm still recommending that it's, it's been good. And we're kind of my homework before the next meeting is to get everything into a a really solid checklist of the projects I want to get done. And, and then get those into a schedule. Valerie had pushed me not to put uh, deadlines on things. And I'm struggling with that because I pretty much have to have deadlines. So I'm still sort of like, you know, her question was like, what would you do if you didn't have the deadlines? What would you do as far as what work do you want to do? And the thing I'm kind of balancing right now is um, different deadlines that will pay at different times. So yeah, Um, I'll keep you posted on that. I finished all my HSA reimbursements, got all my taxes together for, so I'm basically ready to get my 1099s for my income statements um, from different publishers for 2020. And then I will be able to get my taxes done. And I'm super excited about that, (laughs) which, you know, is dumb. But part of the transition to self-employment is that I just, I don't know what my income looks like. And I'm a person that I like to know exactly how much money I'm making. I like to know... I like to plan around that. And so taxes have never been something that I really dread, even if I owe taxes, because, you know, if you're getting a refund, unless you are getting a lot of tax credits, like we are finally getting tax credits for our kid and stuff. Um, you know, that's money you gave the government during the year and now they're just giving it back to you. (laughs) So if I owe a little bit of tax, that's fine. That means I paid less throughout the year. So that's fine with me. And the other big thing that happened last week is Vivid Covers had a big sale on the 4th, and I was able to pick up six really awesome book covers that I'll be able to use for my personal projects throughout the year. And so I'm basically set. Like I, I spent, you know, it's probably spent more than I wanted to, but I was able to get the price per cover down to a really good place. And they're just beautiful. Like two of them are painted covers, um, and they're they're just awesome. So I'm really excited about, about getting that done. So yeah, it it feels like a really positive week. I hope you can hear that in my voice because I've been, um, I've been feeling good. feels like 2021 is moving into a a good place. I did have, so I had to go into my old workplace. Um, it's kind of funny, you know, I think I talked about how I lost my audio recorder back in, I don't know what it was, like 2019. Um, I'd recorded a podcast gone into the, I'd gone into the local, the radio station on the college campus where I worked and I'd recorded a podcast on one of their sound booths and then somehow managed to lose the recorder. And I, I never lose things. So that was really 
like kind of weirded me out because it's like I have bad I'm having bad karma about losing stuff. But anyway, I got a call from the police department where I used to work that they found my recorder. So I went in to pick it up. And that's cool. I haven't listened to that episode. It was actually like right around the time I was transitioning to the new position that ended up not working out at all for me. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious to listen to it and see, you know, I don't know, just how I sounded back then. But anyway, I went in to talk to, you know, to pick it up. And if, as you will, I ended up talking to old coworkers and whatnot. And, you know, it's amazing how, th- how little things change, even though they, you know, things on the campus have been very different because of COVID, but it, it brings up a lot of those old feelings about, you know, my old position and like the amount of respect, I guess I'll just say that I had in that old position and the sort of projects I was able to work on and things like that and how different that is now and I'm not, it's not bad or worse. It's just, it's just different. But it also kind of came up that my old position is like, they did a weird thing. And this is one of the reasons that I wasn't sure if I needed to stay where I was because they were hiring, basically, they created a new position that was going to essentially be my supervisor and then gave that person a bunch of additional duties for like audit in the police department, which if you're familiar at all with law enforcement is like a, a headache that I didn't want. Like my passion was around, um, developing safety systems and training and working with students. And I managed all the, the kind of non sworn police officer aspects of the department as well as technology. And I really enjoyed that, like designing alarm systems and camera systems and, and, um, all the security that goes into a building. And we were doing a lot of new building on campus. So I, I was not excited about the potential of, okay, if I want to make more money and not have a boss, I don't know, I'll need to apply for this job, but it's a job I don't want to do. <laughs> and then the emergency manager job came up and that seemed like a good kind of lateral move out of security management, which isn't something I kind of ever intended to end up in. And emergency management ended up being its own thing that I didn't you know want to do. And I got out of that right before COVID happened, um, which was probably a good thing for me and my family. Um, but anyway, in having this conversation that, cause the guy I was talking to was thinking like, was saying like, yeah, I think I might apply for that position. Um, and he's a, I like him. He's a friend of mine. I was like, I don't know that I would recommend that, but, <laughs> um, you know, you got to do what's right for you. But anyway, I had a really weird dream that like, I've been thinking about that. Like, well, what if I just went back to what I was doing before? And you know, it's steady money. It's good, steady money. Um, I know how to do that job. Like all these thoughts are rolling around in my brain. And I had a really vivid dream last night about the police chief. Like I ran into him in a really weird situation, <laughs> but we were talking about the job and it was the, the overarching like takeaway from that conversation. And this was one of the things I didn't like about that position was the conversation was like, well, we'll need to have a meeting to see if we can allow you to apply. And so already I was like in this like position of having less power or less, like I was sort of not being able to do what I wanted to do in or just in order to apply for the, for a job, which I know is not true. And in fact, I'm, because I'm a disabled vet, like I get a lot of points in this system <laughs> um, and my experience is direct, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I would probably be a good fit for that job. Um, but it was just weird. Like that feeling is something that I have not had to deal with in the past year. Like if there's anybody I want to please, it's, it's readers. Um, so and that's a different kind of feeling, right? You're doing something to make people happy. <laughs> so, so that was a weird feeling. And I woke up this morning, um, just 
having that feeling and not feeling good about it. And then also like, why am I having these dreams where I want to go back to what I was doing before? And it's just been all part of this process of getting that old life out of my system. You know, I used to have these dreams about the army all the time. Like I would just like the same dream of, you know, where you show up to class and you haven't gone to, you haven't gone to the class for a whole year and now there's a test or you go to high school naked. Well, I would show up to formation and I, my uniform was wrong. Or (laughs) at that time I'd been a manager with target for like three years. And I used to have a bunch of dreams where I would show up to formation in a target uniform or show up to target in my army uniform. (laughs) And I don't know. It was just, so I, I fully recognize like what's happening in my brain, but tying this all up with like financial concerns and things like that, um, I think makes it a little more complicated, but I don't know, keep moving forward, keep doing something new and different. And, you know, right now we're not in a place where I I have to go back. And as I've talked about it, we've made a bunch of financial choices so that our cost of living is low enough that I could go do just about anything. And, you know, the job I have with FedEx, while it's not, you know, it's just super duper part-time work. Um, if I needed it to, I could probably turn that into something. And that's much, it's just much more enjoyable. Like it doesn't pay as much, but it's just enjoyable. So I don't know, maybe I'll feel different in a year. I think I've said that. So I share that because if you are contemplating a change or if you are, you know, maybe your job is coming to an end. We're all in that situation right now. It's just recognize and give yourself some leeway that it could be different, especially if you're in, you know, we call it jobby job type work. Not to say that any, any job is not an important job that you should, you should do with your whole self if um, that's where you're at. But, you know, if you've had a career type job that you've been focused on and it's a family wage job and uh, if you let that go or transition out of that, that's a, that's a big deal. It's a big change. And we live in a country where, especially as a, you know, a middle-aged male, everything is tied to who I am and my place in the world through my job. And so that, you know, when that changes, it's, it takes some time, I think, to have that percolate through your system. If you say that's, that's not what I do anymore, I do this and getting more comfortable saying I'm a writer, I'm a science fiction writer. We just had a a meeting actually on Sunday with an unrelated thing. And I just, just rolled off my mouth. I'm a science fiction writer and people are like, Oh, okay. You know, cool. (laughs) So it feels better. The more that I, the more that I do it. So, okay. Let's talk about the fact that we're in the second week of January, technically kind of the third week, but it's the 11th. I had goals for this year. I'm going to write a million words this year and I'm going to write a million words of fiction. I'm not going to write, you know, 300,000 words of daily logs of what we did so that I can meet word counts. Like that is not what I'm going to do. (laughs) And so far I've been plugging away. Like at least I've been writing fiction every day. And while it has not been quite where I'd want it to be, I'm making that happen. But I'm also being aware of trying to be aware of the things that get in the way. And so I wanted to roll back to a book that I talked about. I think it's a couple years at this point, but Atomic Habits by James Clear. And if you have not read this book, and there are a bunch of, like I just actually looked up some summaries online to kind of refresh my memory, it is such a good book on how habits work, how habits are part of our lives, and then what you can do to develop positive habits in your life to get where you want to be. And recognize that incremental change, you know, every day will become the change you want in time. And so 
that I think is once you recognize that that happens or, or realize that it actually ties into, especially for writers, success on that long-term scale. Like it, for me, the whole idea of the marathon author, the marathon creative career is wrapped up in this idea. And if I, I am not successful, if I think I'm going to somehow binge on a Friday before a deadline and get my work done, I have to do my work every day. That means I need to be thinking about it every day and creating the conditions for my success to make that happen. And this book walks you through like actually in incredible detail. <laughs> if the summaries might work just fine for you, the book like will really break everything down on all these different, how these different things work. A lot of it is not, it's not new information. If you've been reading, you know, about like be just being an effective person, but it does encapsulate it all in a really clear way. Good job, James clear. Um, so it's easy for you to articulate it to yourself and also other people. But one of the, um, I think, you know, he talks about the cues, like how you can, how you can make a habit obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying, which seems simple, but you know, if it's something like working out or writing every day, like how are you going to make that satisfying when you want to write an 80,000 word novel and it's a struggle to get 500 words every day? I mean, on a conceptual level, you can say, well, if I write 500 words every day, um, you know, in two, a year and a half, I will have that 80,000 word novel. Actually, within a year, you would have that 80,000 word novel. Just be consistent and do it consistently. But even then, how are you creating the conditions there? So having like talking to people, you've stated what your goal is. Now, do I have a place to write? Do I have the thing to write on? Am I making it easy to have that space to work, to sit down, to do the work and be focused while I'm doing it um, so that I get it done? And then it's, you know, one of the things I harp on, it's not enough just to have the space and kind of the mental, like, this is what I'm going to write. For me, it's knowing what I'm going to write. So I enjoy writing sentences. I enjoy describing scenes. I enjoy writing dialogue with characters, kind of moving through space, experiencing the story. If I don't know what that story is, it's really difficult for me to do that. So part of making the writing habit work for me is outlining and really knowing where the story is going to go. Other people, that's not that way. They enjoy just to, you know, fill the, the sandbox with sand and then they enjoy editing. I don't enjoy editing as much. <laughs> I like to move on to the next, the next project. But once you have those things around a habit to help you enjoy it, it's figuring out what it is to what he calls habit stacking. And that's creating a cue for the habit, um, making yourself want to do it, receiving a response and then a reward as you work through it. And then you can stack those things, you know, say either throughout a day or a week, um, to, to make the habit just easier to do. Like I would say that's the overall thrust of the book is to make, make your goal or re not just your, the goal, but the process of reaching the goal easy. And we all have complicated lives. We have kids, we have, you know, you think about the priorities in your day, and especially, you know, say if you are working from home or you are sharing caregiving with kids, it's really easy to let that stuff become the top priority in your day. And it probably should be. But one of the things when you're leaving the house to go work is that at that point, the, the parent who's at home is the one dealing with all that stuff and you don't even have to think about it. Uh, and that's different <laughs> when you when you work from home. At least it is for me. And I I'm fine with that. Like that's kind of where I want to be in my life right now. I'm really fortunate to be able to spend time with my young, my young child, um, and my older child, but 
balancing that with my work and making these daily habits so that I'm not always letting those things get in the way or at least change what plan I had is something I'm trying to work through. Um, He talks about how environment matters a lot. So creating the conditions for success. You know, he doesn't talk about it so much in the book. Well, I guess he does because he gets into your friends and family will help determine whether you can reach your goals or not. But I think if you haven't talked about what your goals are for this year, either with a community, I, I think talking with a community is important because having, that's another thing he talks about is having accountability peers is very important to help you reach a goal. But I think when, where the rubber meets the road with the people that are at home that can help you create those conditions to do work, you got to talk to them about what you want to do. Like if, if you can't talk to your spouse about it or they're not supportive, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's going to be hard. You're just going to have to set some boundaries around, I'm going to go do this thing for this amount of time and I need you to be okay with that. And then when you go do that thing, don't surf the internet when you have that time. <laughs> do the actual writing. So then you'll feel good about it and have that um, have that satisfying response, right? Um, but that's all part of creating those conditions. It's like if you don't want to gain weight, don't have cookies in the house, at least for me. Like I can't portion control my cookies, so it's better if I just don't buy the cookies. <laughs> but, you know, that was part of why I built an, o- an office last year was so I have a place to go work. And even then, realizing that sometimes the office isn't the best place. I go work in different places on in the house, um, to kind of change things up. Uh, another thing he said that I've been thinking a lot about, which I think plays into the marathon author concept is, uh, self-control is a short-term strategy, not a long-term one. And I think about this every day. So have every day that I sit down, like if I sit down at the computer and, you know, like Cyberpunk 2077 is just really something I enjoy doing right now. But if I have to get work done, that means I need to not open that up, not even take the steps where I will open up the program that, you know, opens the game because that becomes muscle memory in a way. You know, I used to, like if I open up my laptop and put my hands on the keyboard, is my first impulse to actually type like Reddit or Facebook or even open a browser, like there's definite muscle memory there. And that's a self-control. And even if you start doing it and realize that you're doing it, stop yourself, redirect, and go to the thing you need to do. Open up Word, write 200 words. (laughs) Open up the browser, open ForTheWords.com, and start a monster. Like that's one of the things I like about For The Words actually is that it immediately creates, like it's not so much about killing the monsters. I could kind of care less about that. But it's just creating that time limit that, I need to write 200 words and I need to write 200 words in the next 10 minutes. Um, That's something that really helps me because once I can kind of get that ball rolling, it becomes much easier to keep the ball rolling. So, so as I look back at this last week and how my goals have been working um, for me, it's been the creating the conditions to get up early. And like I've said, if I don't go to bed in time, it's really hard for me to get up early and the alarm will go off. I will wake up, but then I'm just, I'm just tired. It's just hard to get out of bed. (laughs) And I know I should, but I just want those extra hours of sleep if I can get them, especially if my daughter has been up all night. Um, It makes it, you know, even more difficult. But creating those, for me right now, like creating those conditions for success, um, having a good outline, knowing what I want to write, and then I'm actually taking the the next step because, you know, granted world events have been, have continued to be very distracting right now. Like last week was a very distracting week. And I think it's okay to recognize that. But 
if I find myself like even with for the words, you know, if I have too much time with the thing that I'm doing, like it's easy to click off and go look at something else. And then I've wasted, you know, 10 minutes doing that. So uh, my friend Jeff Haskell has been doing live streaming that uh, seems to be really effective for him for his word counts. And then Mal has also been doing live streaming. And for her, it's almost, it's kind of a social thing where she'll do sprints for a certain amount of time and then talk and there's chat and things like that. So it's almost become kind of a place for people to hang out, which I think is, is very cool. I'm going to try and do something like that as well. I think I, something that will keep me in the, the task I need to be working on. And if broadcasting that on YouTube helps me do that, then I'm going to do that. <laughs> so, cause I would really like to make my, my hours that I'm working more effective. And I think I had kind of talked, I didn't talk about this in lessons learned from 2020, but something I have talked about in the previous podcasts is how I structure my workday. And I feel almost like I've been giving myself too much time to write. And that's why actually getting up early is good because I'll knock out, you know, 1500 words in an hour. And that hour is really effective. Like how can I make my hours more effective? Because I don't want to be held captive by a word count all day. What I would love to be able to do is get up in the morning, write for a certain amount of time, and then go work on my yard for four hours and not go back to the office. But instead, what I find is that I'll be sitting in the office for six hours trying to get a word count done when I actually just end up surfing the internet. And that's not what I want to be doing. There's probably a lot of stuff to unpack there between being distracted, not knowing what to write, um, not focusing where I need to focus. And so... I'm going to give live streaming a shot to see if that helps make those hours more effective. And that's a step I'm taking so that I can keep those word counts up. And I just, it's like, I just kind of need that push. You just keep going. And I don't think I'm alone. I, I, I don't think I'm special in this fighting distraction all the time, you know, but it does bother me. Like, I feel like my sometimes my neural pathways have been rerouted where I just constantly want that scroll of new information. And even if a website like Reddit feels slightly better than say Facebook, because it's, it's different. It's like reading Wikipedia or other people's conversations. A lot of the time, that's still not good. Like I'm still not focusing. I'm still getting a dopamine hit from these new little bits of information all the time. Um, and I want to get away from that. I, I feel that my, the, absorbing of or focusing on tasks and information, not even, you know, long-term, like 10 minutes at a time, 15 minutes at a time is a thing I need to work on. And so if, if live streaming helps me do that, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and we'll see how that goes. So that's something I'm going to do this week. I'll actually, I'm going to start small, just like, um, atomic habits kind of recommends. So I'm just going to do an hour today and I plan on doing an hour in the morning. I didn't do it this morning, but, um, I want to work on that going forward. And so, one of the things I discovered as well that, you know, some resistance and obstacles kind of got in the way with the, the research on live streaming. Like this is just the world we live in where, yeah, I want to live stream. What makes that easy? Well, I don't know. Let's research. Well, there's like so many options. And then so many, like, do you want to live stream to YouTube and Facebook? Well, if you do that, there's different options out there, but they're going to cost you 20 bucks a month. And do you want to pay that? Like, um, no, I don't. So so I just dialed, like I wasted probably an hour and a half reading and researching that. And I just dialed it back in. I'm just going to do the YouTube thing and at least for a week. And then we'll see how that, how that goes and, and go from there. 
So, and the last thing from Atomic Habits that I am really putting into my workflow is just the two minute rule. If something can be done in two minutes, do it. If you can start it in two minutes, start. And because the same thing with just stuff around the house or even like, I don't know, the yard. I want to do a bunch of work on the yard. Um, I want to just keep myself. I feel that the minute I sit down at my chair and like open up Firefox and start surfing the internet like all is lost <laughs> and and I don't want that to continue happening so so okay um the other thing if you if you've been struggling and need to find some accountability partners that is one good thing that fa- you know Facebook is good for there's a couple really great sites like you know the keystroke or groups I mean the keystroke medium group if you're not a member um there's uh there's a couple different groups that I'll link in the the show notes. They're not coming to mind right now. Like one is, um, words for the win, I think, or words. Basically it started as a group that everybody was trying to write 10,000 words a day, which is a lot. That, that is a lot, but (laughs) they kind of dialed it back, but everybody is focused on word counts and what they can do to make the word counts happen. Um, and then they also keystroke medium has a, if you go to the website and con or go to the group and contact, um, Josh Hayes, who runs it, they're doing what they call Keystro Rimo, which is just a shared spreadsheet on Google Docs. But, you know, talk to them, prove that you're not a wacko, and you can you can get your name on there. And then enter your daily, you basically set your monthly goal, enter in whatever your daily word count is, and it shows you what your average is and how many what you need to average on a daily basis to the end of the month to meet your goal. So for me, if I want to write a million words this year, I need to write 83,333 words a month. And I need to do, you know, the 20, 2,740 words a day. That is, so you can see where everybody else's goals are. And you can also see how people are keeping pace. You know, do they, how do they write? Do they have like a lot of work, you know, like they have some big days and then don't have a day or they do it consistently. Um, you can watch Rick Partlow just consistently. <laughs> what? Well, one thing that's really interesting about seeing Rick's word counts is that your Rick produces a lot of work, but he writes about 3000 words a day, at least so far. And he's had bigger days. Like he said, you know, he has said that he might try to aim for 5,000, but, um, you know, as long as he's doing what that word count is, he's just on track and he's very consistent about it. And so for me, that's a goal that I'm really working towards. And that's a good kind of passive accountability partner where you can go look at that. You can enter your words in. I think about like, I look forward to entering my words in every day. And so that's, um, that's been a good thing. Um, one thing about watching Jeff do the live stream as well, like the way Mal does it, you can't actually watch her type. At least I don't, the way the resolution is, you can't see it with Jeff's, you can actually watch him write. And that was really interesting to me because it was seeing like how he even composes sentences. He'll write something out, kind of delete it, start over again. And that was really useful to me. Like I, that's something that I, you know, having that online, like, okay, whatever, (laughs) but um, it was really useful to me to see someone else kind of doing things the same way that I, I work through them. So, so yeah, that's going to be some, something as I've looked at last week, um, I'm going to be doing going forward to try and keep those word counts consistent and keep things going. But as you're looking at where you are with your goals, I think constant assessment, even on a daily basis, like if you wanted to get up in the morning and you didn't, why were you tired? Were you, did you not go to sleep last night? Did you, um, was your alarm in the wrong place? Once you did get up and, you know, 
did you spend too much time making coffee, dealing with the animals, if you have animals, um, whatever it is that kind of maybe kept you from your goal. If you were able to get up, which is a huge win, that's awesome, and then you were able to sit at your computer and then the words didn't come, well, okay, that's not a failure. You just didn't quite get where you where you want to be. I shouldn't say need to be, but where you want to be. And, you know, something that... I don't remember if this was in Atomic Habits or not, but the easiest person to let down or to be hard on is yourself, right? I think everyone knows that. So don't beat yourself up. Like if you made it 90% of the way and then just didn't produce as many words as you wanted, still celebrate the fact that you got to the point to do that, right? Because <laughs> that's a win. I think just getting out of bed when it's when you're tired and bed is warm and you can stay there, that's a win. Especially when you're doing something for yourself. Um, so then take a look at that next piece of it. So what is it about the writing? Do you, is it your posture? Like, would it, would it be better if you took the computer over to, or the laptop over to the kitchen counter and stand and do your writing? Um, look out a window. What kind of music are you playing? Is the Pomodoro method working for you where you have a timer and you set, you know, 20 minute sprints and you write for 20 minutes? Maybe you need to shorten that down and just do five minutes. Just do one minute. Start with that and start building up that muscle memory um, so that it becomes that habit where when you put your fingers on the keyboard, instead of your first impulse being to type in Facebook and go doom scroll for a while, it is to open up, you know, whatever, Scrivener, For the Words, Hemingway, you know, whatever you're using to write and and start writing. And that, I think, getting really granular like that, like that could be seen as kind of obsessive about personal <laughs> personal accountability. But to me, that gives you things to celebrate. And then you can also kind of determine where the issues are when you're trying to troubleshoot what your personal process is. And, you know, obviously that's what I do myself. So, so yeah, celebrate what you did last week, even if it wasn't quite what you wanted, and just make those tweaks. And every week that you make a tweak, even getting 1% better by the end of the year, you're going to be 50% better, right? So that will be awesome. And that will be a great place to be when you get there. <laughs> I look forward to celebrating it with you. All right. So goals for next week. Um, I need to, uh, like I said, get up every morning. I'm going to do the live streaming. I am pretty much done with the science fiction novel workbook. I need to put together a cover and I'm going to be uploading that on Wednesday. And I ran into a hiccup when I was trying to do the ebook version and it just looked like garbage. And I kind of wanted to have an ebook so that people could maybe just look at it in, you know, Amazon Prime and if they could get some, get some things from it that way. Um, but it's, it just doesn't look very good. So right now it'll just be print. And then, cause I don't want that to be a roadblock when the primary purpose of this thing is for it to be a print book that you sit down with offline and handwrite in, you know, what, what your book is going to, what your, your story ideas are, at least for me and plan out the whole book. Cause that's what I want. So, but yeah, the print version will be uploaded on Wednesday and then I'm going to get a newsletter out this week, uh, sharing my, some of the new cover art that I got and then just talking about where things are going for this year. So I don't want to overload that newsletter. I just want to get it done. <laughs> Consistency in the newsletter is something I'm really focused on. So as I've said, and I'm just not making that happen. So I'll, I, I'll make it happen. I will. All right. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you checking in and I hope that your goals for 21 are either working out as you want, or this has helped you to maybe tweak some things and you'll get to where you want to be. Again, I'll have the links for those Facebook groups as well as, um, 
Keystroke Medium and you would contact Josh Hayes and Keystroke Medium to get into the, the Keystroke Rymo spreadsheet. And if you don't want to do that, then WriteTrack, which I'll link as well, is a great tool to manage um, what your what your daily word counts need to be to reach goals. So it's another a really good tool. Okay, thanks very much for listening, and I will uh, I'll talk to you next week. Later. Mm-hmm.